Gareth Jones on Speed, episode 85, part two of our coverage of the 2009 Geneva Auto Salon in Switzerland. To make sure you haven't missed part one, please download the previous edition, Gareth Jones on Speed, episode 84. Alice Clark? Something wonderful happens to me in Geneva, but it's not really something to talk about on the show. Um, <laughs> well, focus, focus, quick. Uh, focus, focus, yes, on the Ford stand. They had some new concept that's sort of basically like, I don't know, the next C-Max or something. It looked all right. But so what they've done, it, it's called the Iosis Max, isn't it? Oh, it's, I, oh yeah, oh, Iosis X. I can't remember. It's, I think it's ooh. Iosis Max. They seem to have taken the new Fiesta, mm. right, and they've... Connected it to a high-pressure hose, yes, up its tailpipe, and, and pumped it. it up, pumped yes. it up until it resembles a cross between the new Fiesta, a C Max, and a Blowfish. Yeah, it's pretty much that, but I, a sort of kinetic design Blowfish. Yeah, but not in a bad way. I, I quite like right. it in its lime it's green. All right, no, it's all right. It's, but it's just all right. I mean, I have to say, just as an aside, I don't know. You're a big Ford fan. You see a new Ford, and you go, "Yeah, that looks all right" because it looks new. And then you start seeing them around, and you very quickly get bored of it. And that's it. And the only modern Ford that I think, well, the Focus to some degree, but even that, the original Focus, you started to get the shock of seeing it first wore off, and then you just went, oh, there's another Focus. The only one that exception was the original Cat, yeah. which I think well, stayed fresh-looking and groovy. But the new Fiesta, seeing them around now, I think it just gets better and better looking. That's what I was about to say. I have a, a similar but slightly different skew on Fords, because I care too passionately about the Ford Motor Company, which is ridiculous, really, but I do. Mm. And when a new Ford comes out, I get really excited. Oh, it's a new Ford. It's a history as a kid of seeing cars when my mm. dad would buy. That's what it is. And I see it for the first time in the flesh, and I'm so excited by seeing it that when I actually see it, I'm disappointed. Mm. And then, like you, you get used to seeing them around, and they look better and better and better. If you go back on this programme and listen to my reaction, I can't counter yours, but my reaction to any new Ford that we've talked about, when the Mondeo came out, I remember probably at the Geneva Show uh, review that we did a few years ago, uh, saying, oh... Oh, it's lovely at the front. At the back, it's a pudding. I mm. hate it. And you said, yeah. the estate's better. I now look at the saloon on the road and thinking, my God, actually, that's really looking better every week. Do you think? Oh, I, I do, I do. And no. I, I still think it looks puddingy at the back. I, I, rem- I remember being like disappointed it. at the new Focus when it came out, and now I think, sharp. They've done some new wheels for that and stuff, and some new colours, and that facelifted Focus, which has got that front ridge end. down the yeah. side, is actually not a bad-looking car, yeah. I suppose. But you uh, see uh, them around all the time, so you get a bit bored of them. The Fiesta at the show, I thought, no. Oh, the Master 2 looks better. On the road, I look at the Fiesta and I'm thinking, wow, it's great. It's as cool as a Honda CRX was in its day. You yeah, know, there's something quite nippy. There's different wheels on it, and there's a certain set of wheels. I don't know which trim level they come with. They look quite like it might be sort of Posho ZTEC S or so. No, not ZTEC S because that's the sportiest one, isn't it? Mm, yeah. Titanium. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I don't understand it anymore. Gear. There's one I see it GL. every other morning. There's a grey one as well, which is not a great flattering oh. colour, but a grey one on these sort of. I don't know, they're maybe 10, 12-spoke wheels. And I just thought it was a really nice-looking little car, mm. so fair play. That's almost, it's improving with but age. I saw a car for the first time, mm, the new car in Derbyshire. Yeah. It's a great slab-sided pudding. I know, it's terrible. You can tell, I mean, I don't know whether this is because we know the, the story behind it, but it does, to me, smack of they've tried to make it look like a Ford, tried to make it look like the new Fiesta, but they've had to squidge all of these design elements onto a set-sized platform, which is, we know, is the Fiat 500 slash Panda platform, and it just doesn't quite work. It looks like a plasticine model of the Fiesta that someone's gone... (laughs) 
and yeah. just squished up. It's not 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 brilliant. I'm sorry, but they don't build Fords in Poland, not in Fiat factories or <laughs> FSO Poloni factories, which is what it is, in my opinion. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I'm being really indignant about this now. I'm sorry. So, yeah. uh, However, um, sensible cars, Fords. Yeah, so Ford only really had the IOS yeah, Max to show off. Yeah, yeah, nothing much there. Um, Citroen then, because ah. they've got this new concept. I wish Zog was here to talk about this. I'm sorry, but Zog cares passionately about Citroen in the way that I care about Ford. Yes. It's a bit of an odd psychological leap for me that Citroen are now going to badge their upmarket sub-brand, mm. the DS. I don't get it. Well, I'm sure Zog would say the same. I think it's a sort of weird travesty if you love the Citroen DS, and I do. And I and really, I and I really yeah. want one because, I don't know, I might have mentioned this on the show before, but I discovered when they had a Citroen exhibit at the Design Museum here in Swinging London that the very, very, very last DS was made on the exact day that I was born. You've never told me I that. never told you that. I think that's karma. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I was going around this exhibit, and it said Citroen DS, and they had one on display, and I drawled over it for a bit, and then I read the little uh, little card next to it, and it said production production ended on the 24th of April, 1975. Wow. And I went, oh, my God, that's the day I was born. That's on the, the day I was born the day I came screaming into the world in a little pink bundle of poo and snot the, the, one of the most glorious cars ever departed this world so I, it's a karma for you. I, I need to own one at some point in okay. my life just because there's that karmic connection I don't know I don't usually get that soppy about things like that but I do think there's something important there anyway you think uh, you've got problems I'm the same age as the E-type baby <laughs> anyway sorry so, so the, this the, DS, the DS thing yeah I don't know it seems to be it's just a good looking car. the name well uh, I the, will say it one. looks even better in the flesh in mm-hmm. the pictures I was sort of like yeah that's alright but in the flesh it's nice. It's 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 sort of chunky and quite low, and it's just I don't know. It's just quite groovy, and you think, yeah, I could if they can keep that look faithfully to the production car. See one of those driving down the street, you know, it would make you a bit cheerier. It's a, it's a, it's a sort of looks a cut above your average little small car. It's it's quite cool. So where does that sit? Because you can't think of Citroen in isolation because it's part of the PSA group. Yeah. How do Peugeot feel about? Citroen making a slightly more upmarket car because while Citroen have always been a bit avant-garde and a bit left field and Peugeot have been a bit more bank managery, yes. they're always perceived as a more upmarket car than the Citroen. Yes. And you could argue that they're 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 eating into another facet of the PSA group. Well, I don't know what's going on there at the moment, but you'd have to say that Peugeot have lost their way a little bit. Mm-hmm. What do, what do Peugeot stand for? You know all that sort of drive of your life stuff. And yeah. it seemed like in the eighties and nineties that had absolutely sound basis yes. because they made the best the driving five drove regular well, the cars. 205 yeah. was fantastic. They made normal yeah. hatchbacks and saloons that drove with the sort of excitement and finesse of a sports car. Yeah. They don't do that anymore. Their chassis tuning has gone to cock completely. Mm. And now they're making 4x4s. And at the show, they had this 3008, or 3008, you're supposed to call it, because otherwise mm. the Bond people get cross. And it's, I don't know, what is it? Some kind of crossover people carrier thing? I don't know or care. And what does Peugeot stand for? Peugeot is just... Yeah, you know, mm. they're just there. Their cars Middle aren't of the particularly good-looking. Is it the um, next Rover? Well, I don't know. I mean, they, you know, they, they have what Rover used to have, which is they, they still rely on their home market lapping up all their stuff. But yeah. Citroen... 
by contrast. They're just bursting with confidence. They're mm. making terrific-looking cars. It's almost, I suppose, like VW against Skoda, you know, because Citroen, sort of the underdog, had the quirkiness and the innovation kicked out of them by the yeah. evil owners yeah. during the 70s and 80s particularly. They ended up with the Zantia. Yeah, Zantia wasn't bad, but I was thinking more about, like, the Zara. The Zara, really sorry, yes. Yeah. Which wasn't actually a bad car to drive, but just looked really boring. Yeah. And now they've come back, and you think the C4, nice-looking yeah. car. Yeah, C5, terrific yeah, looking car. Gorgeous, yeah. Um, C6, interesting. Yeah. C3, pretty good. C3, not bad. Yeah. C2, not bad. Yeah. Um, and they've got that C3 Picasso now, which is a lovely looking thing. Yeah. Really, really groovy. Yeah. And you just think, yeah, yeah. that's that's cool. That's going to be, and the interior's not bad on it. It certainly yeah. looks funky. And they just smack of a company that got a bit of style got, bit a, bit of, but got a bit of confidence behind yeah. them and I think that's what it is they've gone you know people seem to like these cars when we put a bit more style back into them yeah. this is what sells cars which you know I mean it seems such a simple thing but so many car companies don't understand that good looks sell cars duh yeah, and, yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. and so I suppose this DS line of cars they're going to do starting with this little DS3 is just a, a logical thing for them to do because they've got the guts to do it at the moment good we, on them we should talk very quickly about five cars now okay Are we gonna, right a few, okay, 20 seconds, 20 on, seconds each on each car. Okay. okay, here we go. Okay, the, the Renault Megane Coupe, there's a, a Renault Sport version. Yes. Which I like the Coupe itself when I drove mm-hmm. it, but I thought I can't wait for when they really Renault Sport it up. Looked yep. ace, didn't it? It looked fantastic. I'll say now, based on history, it will be okay. And then, a little bit later, they'll do an R20-something version of it, which will be really good. And then, based on the precedent of the last Megane, they'll do an R-something R version, which will be utterly sensational and one of the greatest hot hatchbacks in the world ever it probably will won't well, it because so, the, the last one kept up with absolutely ruddy suit well you said on this show you managed to keep up with some incredible cars yes, on yes, it yes, and yes, yes. journalists I know have driven it and said that's yeah, oh, it's per- nuts. perfect They're utterly nuts so uh, uh, listen Quizana 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 indeed what is it What's it's a it? uh, sort of micro-sized but taller so you know they've got the quash quai yes. uh, which is like uh, Almira sized but taller it's been such a huge hit for them they don't sell the Almira in Western Europe anymore because they can sell this and it's a focus rival but it's also sort of mini 4x4 looking but not 4x4 clever yeah yeah clever been a huge hit for them and the Quanza is going to be the same do the same trick but in the micro sized category of cars the next generation micro won't be built in the northeast of England anymore that's going to India but the uh, factory in Washington will get the Quahanza instead where they already build the Quahquai uh, so it's yeah. a funny looking thing but it's all nice well yeah it's so weird looking I can't see how it would translate directly into mm. a production car and mm. I'm sure the production one will look a lot less interesting but possibly a bit old ladies. Looking. it's actually a bit weird and unpleasant I thought but oh, yeah. I, th- I like it because it's, it's dramatic but I think it will frighten the market it's probably aiming for because when was the last time you met someone trendy who bought a Nissan with the exception of the big Z car you know mm, yeah. yeah it's true I, also they had the Nissan Cube there which is coming to Europe I love it generation. Well, yeah, do you say that? I love it as well, in principle. And then I look at it and I went, would I actually want to be seen driving one of those? And would I recommend one to anyone else who wasn't noddy? And I thought, no, it's actually a bit too cutesy and a bit too mm. overdone. It would look terrific driving through downtown Tokyo with a sort of cutesy little girl with pigtails driving it. But trundling through Birmingham with a couple <laughs> of your mates in it, I don't know. It's just odd. It's like a cartoon car. Talking about cartoon cars. Yes. Tata Nano Europa. Yeah. Better uh, by design. The Tata Nano we talked about last year, didn't we? Yeah. 
which was the Indian market version. And, Four and, and a half grand. Yeah, you can have one of these. People going up and tapping it. And yeah, this is so they've smartened it up. I mean, they seem to have made a lot of changes. It's wider. Sell it in Europe. It's longer. It's longer, longer wheelbase. Yeah. It's got a three-cylinder engine instead of two. It's a different car. It's got different headlights, backlights, bumpers. You know, it is. It's a major redoing of it. And I mean. It actually looked all right. It's not a City Rover going backwards, is it? Uh, <laughs> that would be a worry. No, uh, the City Rover was going backwards in a number of ways. But they're actually, actually funny enough, I sat in the uh, the latest version of the Tata Indycar, which, uh, yeah. of course, was what the City Rover was. Uh, but this is the new second-generation Indycar. And the interior quality on that was a zillion times better than the City Rover ever was, sadly. <laughs> what are Tata going to do about dealers in Britain? Are they going to tack on to the Land Rover Jaguar franchises? Mm, I doubt it. I think that would be a very bad idea. I don't know. I think they they will worry about that because they've got a, a sort of long term strategy. Mm. They also had a saloon car concept there. Saw that the yeah. uh, Italian uh, Prima is it called? Something it had a, like that, it yeah. looked like a Fiat, didn't it? It looked like a it, yeah. It looked like a sort of aborted uh, a concept proposal yeah, for yeah. A, like a Punto saloon or something. Yeah, nice looking in a kind of oh that's all right nice looking but ordinary saloon car way but you know at the same time it was very professionally done it you know it, it, it wasn't where you looked at it and went oh you know this has got like f- five inches of gap between the wheel arch and the body and all those things it, it, it looked quite slick but yeah the, the nano europa i found very interesting just because i looked at it and i was like blimey obviously i saw the tata nano last year and it's a bit of a gawky looking thing it's like meeting a girl you went to school with who was always a bit of a wallflower at school and she's suddenly become absolutely yeah, gorgeous yeah. i mean i wouldn't say the nano europa is gorgeous but it's certainly scrubbed up do you think Lotus might have done the handling for them? I don't know. Is that why Do you know what? the Europa? So, Dave Richards. It's David, actually. Sorry, David Richards. The new Le Mans car today. Very impressive on the track. The Lola's up. No, it's an Aston Martin. The Aston Martin has been showing great promise. You must be very pleased. Yes, we've been delighted with the way the Aston Martin is. That's really a Lola. The Aston Martin has certainly got off to a great start. And do you think that the Lola... Aston Martin. Do you think the Aston Martin can show Audi and Peugeot a thing or two in June? Well, um, I, I think we have a great chassis. and I think From Lola. We have a great Aston Martin chassis. And we're certainly filled with confidence. David! Davey! Uh, call me Dave. David, don't, don't. Engu's just been the car. Massive shunt. 13G into the barrier. I, I think he just got wrong footed by the new Aston Martin chassis. Uh, the new Lola chassis. That sounds like bad news, David. Please, call me Lola. Attention, Greifstock! Eleven seconds on the new Renault Megane Scenic. I don't need eleven seconds. It's a Megane Scenic. Apparently, I didn't really look at it. It's about as bland a car as I've ever seen. Well, actually, no, because there was the new VW Polo there, which I have to say, as I'm sure, is going to be sturdy, and it's the kind of car you'd recommend your friends to buy. But it's very hard to notice that it was a new Polo at all. We've saved the best and worst till last. Let's talk about. The Lagonda concept. Now, if you haven't seen it, I expressly... um, Well, I urge you to look at it, but uh, do so cautiously. On an empty stomach. Yeah, exactly. Don't eat any rich food beforehand. It's allegedly inspired by the 1938 Lagonda. I can't see anything in that. What I see is a car that makes the 
Audi Q7 and the Porsche Flaming Cayenne looks felt and interesting. It's an off-road car, isn't it, after a fashion? Well, it, bearing in mind it's a concept, it has a Merc G-Class underneath it. <laughs> That's a great car. No, wait, what? not a great yeah. car, what do I mean? It, you meant oh, it's yeah, a awful. stupid old-fashioned yes. badger of a car. Yeah, so... Badger? Uh, badger. <laughs> badger of a car? I don't know why. Yeah, I uh, just I, mind-bogglingly awful. Mind-bogglingly awful. I mean, not just the fact that it seems like a questionable time. Now, to, to announce something like this, you think, well, they, they announced it on the Wednesday morning of the press day when a lot of people had already gone home to, or gone away to file copy because on Tuesday they were showing the styling model of the 177 and the carbon fibre hull and engineering bits without the car. body on it yeah looking quite interesting and sexy and this and, is and the new 1.2 million yeah, uh, yeah, Aston yeah. Martin and that's built 77 of them and they built yeah. it for you and uh, and you know people sort of went oh well great timing there you know 1.2 million pounds as we enter an economic crisis but you think well there's still probably 77 quite rich people around who'll yep. do that and it's fine and it's a good sort of exercise in showing the, the sort of the reach of the Aston Martin name. That's fine. So they've got that there. They've got the DBS convertible. Mm. So they're showing all these things on the Tuesday, and then they kept it till the Wednesday morning to then go. Oh, by the way, we've also got this. Now, if they just suddenly gone, do you know what, lads? This is a really dumb idea. Let's just take it back to Gaiden and hide it. No one would have been any the wiser. There'd have been a few rumours going around that they'd canned the announcement, and everyone would have gone, well, probably for the best. But no, they ploughed ahead with it with this almost breathtaking arrogance, which would have been fine if they'd shown something that was sort of achingly beautiful and a really new solution to a way to get people who want an Aston but also need a bit more space and uh, would have wanted a Range Rover but find them a bit cheap well there are still people out there who want that kind of thing but unfortunately as I said before cars sell primarily on the way they look there is no question about it Mm. and this looks like the front of a rejected design proposal for some kind of awful Lincoln that everybody went even in America went oh my god that's too vulgar it's got too much chrome on it then the back doors of a Skoda Fabia just crudely nailed in place to hold the back end off a Rolls Royce Phantom and a Bentley Continental GT which they've sort of just welded in there and then smeared with no, I think the sh- bit was too kind. Honestly, <laughs> I reckon it looks like something the Chinese have botched up. I know. No, I think if, if the wrong. Chinese had done it, we'd have gone. Oh my God! Chinese car designs taken a step backwards again. <laughs> It's ah. terrible. And Marek Reichman, who I've met a couple of times, and seems like a nice bloke and has done some decent work at Aston Martin. The, the Rapide looks all right. The DBS is a yeah. saucy old thing. And yeah. the man's clearly just broken his arm he's doing it all with his left hand by mistake I don't know I mean it's extraordinary I remember a few years ago there were, or yeah a couple of years ago there was uh, rumours of a, a Bentley 4x4 SUV thing coming yes. and I remember thinking that's hideous and then there, there, it was mooted that Ferrari would make a big SUV at some point and there were pictures of that and I thought well that's not too bad but ultimately it is yeah I, I don't idea. know that's, sort of, that's the thing but all these photoshop fantasists who come up with these cars a lot mm. of the time and I mean genuinely in the late 80s Jaguar looked at making a 4x4 based yep. on the Ford Explorer platform before someone realised that was a dreadful idea uh, yeah, uh, especially they, I mean, tyres yes exactly <laughs> uh, but that got as far I believe as a sort of full size styling mock up and everything Christ alone knows what that looked like but when you look at these photoshop jobs of like the, when we, we were looking at them before the Bentley and the Ferrari and they essentially take because they They've just got to manipulate it in, in in some kind of software, an existing car, and then sort of jack it up and and do that, and use all the existing styling references, the headlights, the grills, all the same as on the current range. Now Aston, I suppose, could have done that. That would have been one way to go, but it's more clever, uh, more clever, cleverer, 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 cleverish. Yeah. To think of something new, particularly because they're trying to say that this is a Lagonda. It's not an Aston Martin. Lagonda becomes 
a name in its own right now, not just a model of Aston Martin as it was in the 70s and 80s. So they've had to think of a new way of doing it. But the way they've thought of, if autistic children came up with this, you'd just say, well, well done, and he's trying so hard. But these are grown men. I mean, Dr Mm. Ulrich Betts. He should know better. He should know better. Well, I don't know. Hey, here's an interesting bit of trivia that's weird and irrelevant, but kind of not. There weren't just Aston Martins at the show that had... Ulrich Betts influence in them there were two other manufacturers had cars in the stand that had things engineered by Dr Ulrich Betts was one of them a Ford? no not that I know of <laughs> might have been I should check my facts here but oh, okay he's been working as a freelance engineer no 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 he's bit? always worked he was at BMW right and he did the Z-axle Oh, right. The rear suspension system, the... which still underpins all modern oh, okay. BMWs. Yeah, of course. And that's, they're still using that, sort of the fundamentals of the design. Yeah. And there's a front-wheel drive version under the Mini. So, so the you know, Royce. so... Uh, no, I don't know about that, but, I mean, possibly. But the BMW stand, there's one. Yeah. Now, he worked at Porsche. He did the 993, but, of course, that was the last of the air-cooled Porsches. They're now completely different designs. So I don't think there's any bets residue, if you will, on the Porsche <laughs> stand. No, the second stand where there was definitely a bets legacy directly was the Chevrolet stand. Get out, wow. Because, and people sort of forget this, he went from, I think it was from from BMW to Porsche, and then he went to Daewoo for a bit before he went to Aston. That'll be the Daewoo. And Daewoo, of course, now calls Chevrolet in Europe. The Chevrolet Epica. Yes, (laughs) yes, hardly, yes. In the uh, minicabin waiting days, (laughs) has a version with a transverse straight six engine in it that's, like an Austin Princess now that, that straight six engine has been knocking around for ages and was masterminded by Dr Ulrich Betts when he was at Daewoo. Fact! Absurd fact. Listen, wrapping it up here, talking about the Lagonda one of my favourite cars ever was the was it William Towns Lagonda yes, of yes. the 1970s uh-huh. with the CRT dash and everything yeah. like made out of folded paper even more 70s than a Jensen Interceptor in my mm. opinion, so the perfect 70s car I yeah, loved it. Yeah, yeah. They could have taking some of that because I think it's, it has value that, that heritage instead well, of doing this stupid car they could have car. taken a lot of things but not just the mishmash of awfulness that but what I didn't realise about Lagonda until I did a bit of homework today was that the Lagonda Car Company was set up by Mr Bentley when Bentley was bought out by Rolls Royce yeah. he went off to make the car that he would have made anyway yes and they say that this car this Lagonda has some styling cues from say a modern Bentley or say a modern Rolls Royce Phantom if that's their reasoning for doing that fair play but they've Got it wrong. So, you know, it's my least favourite car at the show. My favourite car at the show, I think Franco Sparrow had a ridiculous <laughs> F1 design thing yes, there, is, which yeah. is very entertaining. What was your favourite car of the show, to wrap it up? So I wouldn't say it's necessarily my favourite car of the show, but the Skoda Yeti, which you might have seen, I thought Matra Rancho a little bit, for older listeners who remember that, but it is. It's just a really handsome little thing. And you know what we're saying about Citroen? I was going to say that Citroen have this sort of bursting confidence at the moment that you can yep. almost smell in a garlicky kind of way. So and their masters at Peugeot don't, are being timid and useless. And, and it's the same with Skoda and Volkswagen. 
And actually, Ferdinand Pieck, the on-off, slightly mental head of the VW Group and Porsche, and God knows what he controls now, the weather probably, um, <laughs> he said, uh, he was on record as saying a few years ago, he sort of gave Audi a bit of a kicking. Why would you want being, to buy an Audi yeah. when we build the Passat and you well, got the Well, yeah, he was saying he that Audi are being too timid. They're not yeah. confident enough and they should yeah. look at Skoda who are bursting with confidence. And you can see that. Yeah. Skoda, and this is where Seat are failing. Seat are yeah. just doing basically rebodied Volkswagens and trying to claim they're a bit sporty, but there's yeah. no real lateral thinking there. Skoda are laterally thinking their tiny minds out. I mean, even daft things like the double boot thing on the Superb. At least they've had a go. I've already drafted the email to Skoda to ask for a Yeti for August, September next year when we go camping with the kids because <laughs> yeah. I swear I, I mean it that's the vehicle um, for me what's your yeah, favourite I thought the, the Yeti was fabulous I wouldn't say it's my favourite because it's a very sort of ordinary car but I, I just really liked it I'll tell you another surprise was the first time I've seen the new BMW Z4 in the flesh and it's really nice got genuinely bit, got a bit of Gina in it yeah, possibly, yes. Yeah. yeah, I'd forgotten about that. But yes, it has, except it's made of metal rather yeah. than fabric, sadly. But um, no, really nice. I just did a double take. I was like, oh, my God, that's really nice. Because I thought that the last one was sort of all right. Yeah, I, no, I, I like the first one. I didn't like the, the last one. Yeah, yeah, but no. Another thing that was quite interesting, that new small rolls, which they're saying is a concept, but of course yeah. we know they're going to do, which they're still calling the 200EX. They're going to think of a proper name in the way they did with Phantom for it but uh, actually again quite a handsome little car well little it's bloody massive but nicer we've, looking than a phantom we've had Wraith we've had Spirit we haven't had a Spectre well they're always stuck with Silver you see Phantom existed on its own always so they we've need to think Spectre, of another one we? Spectre wasn't that the bad people in some puppet thing Jerry Anderson it was, was the bad or... people in The Man From Uncle ah think, right okay yeah. I'll tell you something finally just one thing Zog's not here but in, in honour of Zog because he'd have liked this the rough greenster it's an electric 911 they'd got one on the stand it was sprayed a sort of uh, flat British racing green which looked fabulous and ah. you don't normally see that on a Porsche the interior the centre panels on the seats in a sort of tweed material which looked wonderful and it's electric and the guy on the stand was saying how they're updating the electrical hardware all the time to increase performance and range and stuff like that and I thought oh Zog would like he this would. now the only thing they've done the modern 911 you get in the coupe good or there's that Targa mm, mm, yeah. with a slidey back yeah. pass route yeah, that's okay. or there's a Cabrio which you know if you're yeah. purist no yeah, you don't yeah. and what Ruff have done inexplicably you'd think they'd be busy doing the electrical stuff but what they've done is they've turned this Greenster this beautiful paintwork beautiful tweed seats into a sort of replica of an 80s Porsche Targa <laughs> yeah. with the roll hoop. Yeah. But then, you remember those? They had a wraparound glass yes. rear, rear window. Yes. But this has got what looks like a cheap millet tent stuck in there. <laughs> Why did they do that? There was no need. Wait to green thing. You've been listening to Richard Forza ranting about Geneva. Richard, thank you very much indeed. No, thank you. Was it a good one this year, better than last year? It was interesting, I think, we're seeing the end of the Empire. And this time next year, I wouldn't like to hazard a guess who will be there, who will be not, whether there'll even be a Geneva Motor Show. If there is, we'll have someone there. You've been listening to Gareth Jones on Speed. I was Gareth Jones, and I will be next time. In the next show, I doubt if Richard will be here, because it's one of those that we'll record at about five o'clock in the morning, just as Richard's going to bed, usually. Uh, Because we'll be marking the first race of the F1 season with another one of those rapid Gareth Jones on Speed episodes that we turn around within an hour of the race finishing. Don't miss it. Bye, guys. Get more info on this show at garethjones.tv. Write to the show on speed at garethjones.tv or subscribe for free at the iTunes store. Gareth Jones on Speed is made by Whizbag.